well. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Time now for our contest picks for Week 10. And as we were talking about during the break, it certainly seems like uh, that we have a disagreement over how easy or how difficult this was. Because uh, per my model, I didn't have that big of a problem coming up with five. In fact, uh, my bigger problem was picking which five I wanted to submit for uh, the contest. I mean, look, I think there are probably seven or eight uh, that my models say, uh, you know, should work out just fine. But uh, here are the five I will be taking uh, for week 10. I will start... Congratulations, Paul. I am backing you, I assume. Jaguars plus three going up against the 49ers. Both the Jags and Niners are coming off of buys. Inclination may be to back the team that just acquired a fantastic pass rusher. And yes, they are getting healthier with their utility receiver returning fine. But what makes Brock pretty good is using that intermediate third of the field. But that may be playing into the strength of the Jags defense. They force outside throws at a higher clip than just about anybody. Higher simulated pressure rates by this Jaguars defense. That could very well confuse a younger quarterback. So I think that defense and what Trevor Lawrence can do with pocket manipulation will keep the Jaguars in that contest. So give me the Jags plus three. Commanders plus six and a half is my second pick. A simple, should Seattle be six and a half point favorites against anybody? Argument. Never mind Washington traded away a couple of pass rushers. The matchup is such to where they can keep this game close. We've talked about red zone offense problems. Seattle may be one of the bigger culprits as far as that's concerned. They're near the bottom uh, of the league in terms of rushing inside the 20-yard line, while the commander's stifle runs at a higher rate there, even settling for field goals while Sam Howell potentially earns chunk plays might very well make Washington an intriguing play here. Number three, I've got the Falcons, minus one and a half. Great buy low spot for Atlanta after that embarrassing loss last week to a quarterback who had just shown up for the Vikings. And look, I get the Falcons have a really bad reputation among all playoff contenders in the National Football League. But the big question that we will always ask when it comes to an Atlanta game is, how can the opposing defense handle stifling outside zone runs? Well, Arizona is below average in that department with a 57.5% success rate on such plays. Pass defense for the Cardinals. It's been putrid. And right now, Arizona is a get intel on your personnel kind of situation. That is the mode that they are in. That is the game they will be playing. Meanwhile, the Falcons are still trying to win the division. They are trying to win football games. So Falcons minus one and a half is just fine there. Next up, Chargers plus three. Los Angeles as dogs against the Detroit Lions. That's just fine by me. This is more of a positive regression to the mean kind of a game as far as I'm concerned. Yes, there are key offensive injuries for the Chargers. I get that. But do we really believe that Los Angeles is this meddling 500 or below 500 football team? This was someone we thought could very well make a wild card spot. And I still believe that despite the injuries, despite the hiccups here and there that seem just a little bit idiotic, I still think the Chargers have a chance to make the playoffs here. 
We all agree with a total of 48 and a half. It's appropriately going to be a higher scoring game. But Justin Herbert, look, he can keep up with Jared Goff. That is absolutely a possibility here, especially against the Blitz. Herbert is great against five-plus pass rushers. Also, this Chargers defense, we've insulted for a while now. They've at least handled outside runs better, and they've had success stacking the box. And Jared Goff may have to get a little creative, or this could be a back-and-forth affair. So give me Chargers plus three. And then finally, Monday Night Football, Bills minus seven and a half. Perhaps my favorite play on the card here. Broncos allow 8.1 yards per attempt. That's the worst in football. They've allowed a passer rating of 106.3. That's the worst in football. Completion percentage of expected of 5.7%. Almost bottom in the NFL. And they're bringing the same personnel on the road against Josh Allen. I like Josh Allen here. No more thinking about it. So, Jags, Commanders, Falcons, Chargers, Bills. That's the list. Woo! All right. Strong. Uh, are, on that last one, are you concerned about Denver's defense looking better and the Bills' defense looking a lot, lot worse of late? The latter, yes. The former, no. Okay. I do believe that this Broncos defense will revert to its awful, evil ways. But these Bills' defensive injuries do matter. And so I do think that Russell Wilson could be putting up points like this could be like one of those few primetime overs uh, that we believe can exist out in the ether. But look, this Broncos defense. Okay. Yeah. You can put some band-aids on it here and there, but I trust that it can be the worst in football and that Josh Allen can exploit those advantages. All right, Aaron, you're muted, Aaron. Aaron, you are muted. I think. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god all right so let's start off with Ding! an ugly one in germany i'm going colts minus one this is almost a pick em, but i think the colts are the play here the patriots are an absolute mess offensively and they're turning the ball over uh it's just i think this is gonna be ugly either way i don't feel great about this pick because i think with everything everyone talking about Belichick should lose his job and get fired in season, (laughs) which is outrageous. Maybe he'll be extra motivated, but uh, I just think overall the Colts are the better team here. So Colts minus one jets at Raiders. So I think we're starting to see just how bad this jets team is. Zach Wilson. I don't think he has much left to elevate his game. He is what he is here. I am a little worried about this jets defense going up against the Raiders, but you know, I think the cigars, they're, they're going to have them again. Antonio (laughs) he's rejuvenated this squad. I think he carries over again into this week. Uh, then this one, I'm with you, Ed, Commanders plus six and a half, but I don't feel great about it because let's not forget about this Commander's defense, right? Like what I was arguing with myself about is could this finally be a get right spot for the Seahawks at home against a very bad Commander's defense? I know Sam Howell is playing well, but I still think it's too many points. So Commanders plus six and a half. Then I'm going Lions minus three. So we're going against each other, Ed. I'm actually, I would be a little bit worried about the Chargers uh, on a short week and the Lions coming off a bye. I think this is going to be a big problem for the Chargers. I like Detroit a lot in this spot. Saints at Vikings. 
So I got Vikings plus two and a half. New Orleans, what are you doing? You have been such a disappointing team. Bad against the spread. I think the Vikings will be competitive with Joshua Dobbs. He's got more time to learn the playbook. Maybe he'll even know some of his teammates' names by this game. I think there's a lot of upside for this Vikings team. So give me the Vikings plus two and a half. Colts minus one. Raiders plus one. Commanders plus six and a half. Lions minus three. And Vikings plus two and a half, Joe. All Vikings right. is actually have... one of the others I was considering, by the way. Considering? Yeah. Yeah, that was tough. That's a tough one. Um, I have one same as Aaron. I have one same as Ed. I have two opposite Ed. So this wow. is going to be an interesting, wow. an interesting one. Um, I, but I also don't feel as strong as Ed does about this week. So I, I started with seven before I started narrowing it down. And one that I X'd off was, you know, it would be a tougher call and maybe they make the list if Pittsburgh was three, but a three and a half, I can't, I just can't with the, the number that we're getting in the contest here. We almost went three for three because the other one that I knocked off at the very end was Washington. And both of you have Washington plus six and a half. Maybe I'll get there mm -hmm. uh, by tomorrow. But here, here are the five that, that I'm taking a look at. Uh, first off, in, in no particular order, and some of these still have question marks on my sheet, I'm taking a look at the Tennessee Titans. And it's pretty interesting that they decided to give them uh make them a one point favorite because we saw it start the week with Tampa Bay as a one point favorite. Not a big deal. You're basically picking the winner either way. But um, you know, the Bucks have been trending in the wrong direction. And I think this is going to open things up for Levis. This is going to be an easier test than what he saw last Thursday. So he's got a little extra prep time. Um, I do like this spot. The Titans, it's going to be difficult to run it. So they're going to depend on Levis a whole bunch. And maybe I'm buying too much into it, but it's also a Bucks fade. I mean, they have played awful, mm -hmm. awful over the last month. They've never been able to run the ball and it's, it'd be tough for them to do that against the Titans anyways. So Baker's going to be forced to pass. We'll see how that ends up going. But look at what's happening with this Bucks defense during this bad run. Guys, over the last month on defense, the Bucks are dead last in EPA per play. They are number 32 in the NFL. Didn't oh. think I would say that about them. I'm buying into Levis a little bit. Basically just need you to win the game. So I'm taking Tennessee minus one. Uh, another one that I'm going with, and this is one that uh, I'm opposite Ed on. And earlier in the week, I was actually thinking the other side. But I don't think we should ding the Niners too much because their most impactful players were out due to injury. Trent Williams and Debo, you know, Debo got a full practice in yesterday. So it looks like he's, so he's going to be back. We'll see about Trent Williams, but this seems like a good, good spot to back the Niners. Now the defense for the Jaguars certainly does scare me, but at a number of three or shorter in a desperation spot, a couple weeks to prepare. I, I do like this. And I know it was the same for the other side as well. So I'm on San Francisco minus three pick number two. The other one, uh, agree with agree with Ed here, and it, it makes sense. This one jumped out very early in the week. I know the world's down in Arthur Smith, but the, you're getting the Falcons at a major discount, and we have no idea what Kyler Murray is going to look like, and it appears that James Conner is going to miss another week. We're going way too far 
on the Cardinals. It feels like the market isn't quite sure the gap between what a, whatever Clayton Tune is versus what Kyler Murray, a guy that we haven't played seen play football in a year. So I'm going to yeah. take Atlanta on the road in this spot, minus uh, one and a half. I expect Heineke to have a much better performance. Let's not forget that the Cardinals' defense is going to be on the field. Huge upgrade at quarterback. <laughs> But their defense is still out there. So Atlanta's a play for me. Uh, Detroit, minus three. This is interesting. So I'm Detroit. Aaron's Detroit. And Ed is on the uh, the LA Chargers. I am very concerned about another receiver that, that was doing a lot for this offense going down. At first it was Mike Williams, and now it's Palmer. He's going to miss some time. Seems like the lines are completely healthy. David Montgomery practicing in full yesterday. And, uh, yeah, they're going to be raring to go. It's a team that I do want to trust off the bye. And how many weeks in a row do we really want to trust Brandon Staley? So I do like the lines. I wish the number was inside of three like it was earlier in the week. But for the contest, they made things difficult and gave us three. So I'm going to lay the short number. And then uh, the last one. Oh, look, my fifth straight favorite. Yippee. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. 16 and a half? I was worried oh, that we yeah. were 17. Give me 16 and a half. There's no need to break down some sort of a handicap. But um, I'll just say, and not only the DeVito factor, think about DeVito behind that offensive line against that pass rush. Have fun, Tommy. Mm. Cowboys. So, <laughs> Have fun, Titans, Tommy. Niners, Falcons, Lions, Cowboys, all favorites. I want to end it all. Wow. Terrible. I never thought I'd see this from you. Yeah, it's Thursday. It might change by tomorrow. Yeah, right. We have 24 hours to do something completely different. When it really counts, the lightning bets tomorrow. That's where things get real. Uh, Should we just go ahead and put in Sharpie uh, Micah Parsons to get a sack for Sunday? Like, is that going to be a a lightning bet among the group? Sharpie, Shardy, yes. Sack. No, of course. <laughs> you killed it. I, I you you killed it. Finally, you destroyed it. The fact it that favorites did so well last week twice. did that concern you at all, Joe? Um, yes, very much. Do you so. think it'll happen again? Very much. So. Okay. You know what? It's like this year. Does anything make sense with the unders? No. Like, we've been waiting for for two and a half months for the unders to stop. It hasn't, and I know I know the favorites. Mm-hmm. It is concerning. Um, the, the dog that's very close is Washington. Like I mentioned with you guys, it makes sense. What, what is scaring me? It it, it feels like it's such an obvious underdog play with Washington. Gino. I don't. Yeah. I'm on the other side. I did. You're on Seattle. I I actually took them out mid show. Um, and then I decided to put them back in. Put them back in the command. Yeah. I, I, I don't know about that game. I don't feel took it out and put it back in. What? Uh, think, yeah, it's. I think. I think Washington's path to cover is the back door. I think Geno's gonna have a monster game. Now, look, we've seen that offense stall in the red zone time after time, but I think he's gonna have a monster game against the very Cleveland, Cleveland, Baltimore, and then Washington. Like you're going from the toughest to one of the softest. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Cross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And joining us now to talk about Week 10 of the NFL slate is Jason Logan, Senior Industry Analyst from Covers.com and host of the Sharp 600 podcast. 
Thank you so much for joining us, Jason. We greatly appreciate it. So in our last segment, uh, we had a battle royale among the three of us, uh, specifically with the Lions and the Chargers game. Contest picks. <laughs> and for some reason, all three of us landed on that game. But uh, Aaron and Joe picked the Lions. I, of course, uh, went with the Chargers. Would you like to help settle this debate for us? All right. I also took the Chargers plus three. This market moved to plus three oh. yesterday. I am just not overly sold on Detroit. Kind of saw them get their pants pulled down against quality competition against the Ravens. And then they've beaten up on some just like really bad teams and bad quarterbacks as well, too. Like, uh, you know, they, they've what? Taken down... I'll do the rundown here. So they've played Atlanta, beat Atlanta. Oh, okay. After beating up the shorthanded Chiefs in week one, let's just, let's not put week one results into the mix here. Atlanta, Green Bay, Carolina, oh. Tampa Bay, and Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. so those just teams ignore are the best win. 15, those teams, well, it's, yeah, but like I said, we're missing the two best players and, and the Chiefs right, just had, fair. they were butterfingers. I'm not putting too much weight into it. Uh, those teams <laughs> that they have beaten beside the Chiefs, 15 and 27 straight up on the year combined record uh, for the Chargers. Of course, the Chargers are the Chargers. So you're always treating them with uh, a little bit of caution, but we're seeing improvement from this team. The offense is starting to pick it up under this new offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore. They're doing really well inside the red zone, scoring at one of the highest TD percentages in the league. Detroit, they roll out the red carpet when it comes to teams in the inside their own 20 yard line. They've given up a lot of touchdowns. And then this Chargers pass rush, finally healthy, getting after the quarterback. Uh, I, I kind of like where LA is trending. I think the market is down on them because we saw such a slow start, but I, I think there's a lot more to this Chargers team. And I think we could see that at home uh, catching a field goal. All right. Never thought I'd see the day where I actually sort of defend the Detroit Lions because I've just been so sick of it for so long. There's but, a lot uh, to like about like they're six and two. They always cover. La, 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 they're going to have a great won. record. Look at the rest of the but schedule, they, too. They, they, but like, look at what they've done against quality quarterbacks. They've given yeah. up a ton of passing yards, a ton of touchdowns. And then it's like, okay, you've beaten Jordan Love and Jimmy G and Desmond Ritter. Like, I, I'm pretty sure I could, you know, probably hold those guys to under 200 yards. So Can't wait to fade them in the playoffs, right? Um, here's oh, yeah. one that, yeah, yeah. that we do Which agree used to be with. The Chargers bet. That used to be the Chargers play. You yeah. fade the Chargers when they made the playoffs. Yeah, but they won't make it this time. So that's the difference. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I, I like your angle with Tennessee, Tampa Bay. This makes a lot mm. of sense. I, I Last segment, I just went over uh, my thought process on this. Why why do you like the, uh, the Titans on the road in this spot? I think things are kind of up and up for Tennessee, despite a two and three record over the last few weeks. Uh, they've outgained four of their last five opponents. They're coming off this mini buy, so they have kind of a 10-day stretch to get things right. And then I love the fact that Rabel went out and committed and said, Will Levis is our starting starting quarterback for the rest of the season. I think that mm -hmm. is a huge nod to that young guy. It gives him a ton of confidence. He's much better than Ryan Tannehill and gives this passing game a little pop, pop. He can throw the ball downfield. We're seeing him up there the last two starts up there in terms of air yards, taking on a Tampa Bay defense that just got torched by another rookie QB and C.J. Stroud. They're giving up a lot of home run balls. Um, Jamal Dean, the one of their top corners, questionable for this week as well, too. And, uh, yeah, just I kind of like the way that things are trending for Tennessee right now. I think this is a tipping point for this team. And uh, my power ratings actually had them favored by one and a half points in this game, and that was before any adjustments with a mini-buy or any secondary injuries for Tampa Bay. So 
I like the Titans this week. I think there there's some positive things happening there. Will the fun with Las Vegas continue? You've got Antonio Pierce there now. They're smoking cigars after the win. Or is this just all fake news and the honeymoon comes to an end against a pretty bad Jets team offensively? However, we still have to give some credit to the defense. What are you expecting in this matchup? And it's basically like a pick em. I, I'm seeing um, Jets minus one. Should they be favored? Yeah, uh, I don't I don't necessarily have a bet on this game, but I will say I did highlight it in my spot bet article that I do each week. I love situational handicapping because I find there's some edges that you can kind of fold into things that may not be accounted for. And this is like one of the biggest letdown spots of the year. You have a wild week for the Raiders in which they file fire uh, McDaniels, they fire the GM, they bring in um, Antonio Pierce, all this talk about what's happening in the locker room, the team rah-rahs around them. They go and beat up on the Giants who are, you know, they had a third stringer out there. It, the Giants are a bad, bad team right now. Um, I just think this is a, is a perfect spot for them to just fall flat on their face. And uh, against the Jets, the thing is, uh, Las Vegas's defense, not necessarily, um, you know, a dangerous defense by any means. They play a deep shell coverage. They allow uh, teams to kind of pick them apart underneath. I think that works all right for Zach Wilson if he is going to be the quarterback for the Jets this week. Uh, we'll see. Um, but I think that works well for them. It works well for, um, you know, Brees Hall to get going as well, too. And then you've got uh, Aiden O'Connell going against this Jets defense, which is legit and keeping them in game. So um, while I don't have a bet on this one, I would definitely be leaning towards the Jets just because of those matchups. And what I expect is, is a big letdown spot for Las Vegas. Jason, one of my approaches uh, for week 10 is almost looking at this week as a bit of an inflection point when it comes to looking at the bad NFL teams, because there's certainly mm -hmm. a couple we can rattle off, notably, say, the Arizona Cardinals, where maybe it's more about information gathering and knowing what you have and what you need going forward. Maybe those should be the bigger priorities than, say, winning football games. And specifically, I want to apply this to the Cowboys being 16 and a half point favorites against the New York football giants. When you look yeah. at a spread that massive, is it time to say, you know what? The giants have bigger things to worry about than trying to keep this game close against the Cowboys and that vaunted pass rush. Is that a fair way to look at a game like this, even though the spread is massive? Yeah, and we did see this one go from 15 as high as 17 and a half. There's been buyback, went down to 16, floating around 16 and a half. It's the biggest spread so far this year. And the Cowboys, I think people look at what the Cowboys did to them in week one. They did score two of those touchdowns on special teams and defense as well, too. So some of those points came from something other than the offense. And Dallas at home is extremely explosive. One of the best team total over bets over the last, what, th three, four seasons? They're 21 and eight in their last 29 home games over their team total. Uh, just night and day from when they play on the road, especially when it comes to Dak Prescott. The biggest thing that gets me when you have a spread this big is Dallas kind of slowing it down in the second half and running it against a bad run defense. Um, I stayed away from the big spread here. I went with Jake Ferguson, the tight end, to have over 36 and a half yards uh, receiving in this one. This is a guy that started the season pretty slow. He was Second-year tight end, stepping in for Dalton Schultz, who left in free agency, and he was dropping a lot of balls early on. And now he's starting to find his footing. He's coming off a game against the Eagles, a career day against the Eagles, in which he saw a 
high in snaps. He saw a high in targets. He had 90 plus receiving yards. He scored a touchdown. If you go back to the week one game against the Jets or sorry, the Giants and that very blitz happy defensive attack, he was targeted a team high seven times in that game. He only caught two balls. He only had 11 yards, but this is a guy who's coming around now. Uh, I expect him to go over 36 and a half. My number was closer to 40. Some of the ceiling projections out there were like 40, 45. He's also taking on a team that's given up a lot of uh, yards to tight ends, a lot of touchdowns to tight ends, as well as uh, they're bad in terms of yards allowed after the catch. And um, Jake Ferguson, a guy that can put, the, put the, uh, that beef in motion and pick up those extra yards after contact when he catches those balls. So I, I like him to go over there. Tony Pollard to score a touchdown is probably a, a good angle as well, too. He was like plus 120 to find the end zone. He scored two against them last time. I expect him to run a lot in this game. He's a guy who can catch the ball, run it in, hand off, run it in. So I like Tony Pollard to find the end zone as well. At uh, Like I said, I think it was around plus 120. Uh, Jason, this Houston-Cincinnati matchup, a couple of uh, hot quarterbacks and a couple of injury reports that look ugly. We'll, we'll see what happens over the next couple of days. But it's gotten out to mm. seven. The Bengals as the favorite. Are they looking ahead to Baltimore next week? Maybe. Uh, yeah. what, what's your angle here? Uh, so I, I did take Houston plus seven. I wish I bet them plus eight and a half. Again, this was a game that I did feature in my spot bet article because this is a really tough situational spot for Cincinnati. You're coming off that big win over, over Buffalo. You're sending a message across the league that you guys are back. And then you have Baltimore, not only next week, but on Thursday night football. So four days removed from this game, you're going to be playing your biggest divisional rival. Uh, you're looking to get back in that hunt in the AFC North. And then Houston is just one of these teams that keep fighting no matter what. They're a rah-rah team around D'Amico Ryans, and they've actually been one of the better second-half offenses and one of the best fourth-quarter offenses. So I think with a spread this big, Cincinnati, if they get up large, maybe they start pulling guys and resting guys. Chase is banged up. Was it T. Higgins as well was on the injury report there yesterday? Um, yeah. You know They're going to need those bodies to beat Baltimore. So I could definitely see Cincinnati taking their foot off the gas in the second half. It reeks of greasy backdoor cover. So if you can get seven, seven and a half, about, like I see this, this market is just, it's slimming down, what, six and a half, seven right now? Yep. Yeah. So I took, I took, other... I took Houston plus seven. Okay. Okay. I like it. And then, like that, that offense move. is like, it's not blowing the doors off anyone. They have a lot of injuries, but Stroud just kind of taking what the defense gives them. So. Yep. I agree. Any other spreads that we haven't touched on that you like? Hmm. He loves Thursday night football. Game. You love it, don't you? Bears. Yeah. yeah, this is why we have sports betting for Thursday night football. <laughs> I took uh, I took Juba Hubbard over 40 and a half rushing yards. Um, he is taking on a ah. Bears defense that is very good against the run. But if you do look at the Bears kind of lineup of opponents, they played some kind of putt-putt running games as well, too. So I think maybe some of those rushing stats yeah. might be a bit inflated. Teams that are like 30, 31st, basically 19th or worst rated out in EPA per handoff. Um, in Carolina, with Thomas Brown now calling the plays, they're trying to find some balance on offense. They were passing a lot because they were falling behind so quickly. It happened last week. Hubbard only had, I think, 46 yards on 16 carries. But Thomas Brown wants to find balance. I don't think Chicago is the offense right now that is going to jump out to the big lead that we've seen against Carolina. So I think the opportunity is going to be there to run the football without consequence. So I covered to have, like I said, over 40 and a half. It's not a massive day, uh, but a lot of the projections painting even closer to like 65, 70 yards for him. So uh, that's what I do have for that game is uh, Chuber Hubbard over. I think it's bounced between 40 and a half, 41. It was a size 43 and a half. 
What are some other props that stand out to you for this week? I got a couple weird ones. So I got, I got, I have uh, Saints in Minnesota to have over three and a half field goals made. It was even money out there. The narrative essentially makes sense, though. You have Josh Dobbs stepping in for Minnesota at home, um, you know, not knowing this offensive playbook very well. He's able to make some magic last week, but I think we'll see this offense stall out against a very good Saints team. So that could lead to more field goal attempts. And we have seen Minnesota average 3.3 field goal attempts over their last three games. And the Saints, they're second in field goal attempts uh, on the season. Again, an offense that, you know, has these weapons, they're able to move the chains, but they stink on third downs, they stink in the red zone, they're getting a little bit better, but again, uh, leaning towards field goal attempts. So, and it's an indoor game in Minnesota as well, too. There's no rain or wind or anything playing with it. I like the value. Uh, it was at, at even money. So over three and a half field goals made for the Saints and the Vikings, a bet that people probably didn't even know existed. Uh, Jason, <laughs> NFL total. No existed. We're cheering for field goals. Woo! Yes. Hey, fine. Oh, well, you know what? That's been happening a lot this year because unders keep on yep. hitting this year. Uh, you've yeah, been talking sure, about it over at Covers, I'm sure. And I mean, it's for us, I think it's the biggest NFL betting story. It's like, when is this going to turn? Now it's normal to have all these totals in the 30s and it's high if you see a 46 or a 47. Mm -hmm. We got a couple of those this week. Like, whoa, that's getting out there. Um, mm -hmm. when, are, when are overs going to hit? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've been doing this for a while now, and generally things like this do balance out, specifically when it comes to these trends in NFL, because people catch up to them. And we have seen the betting markets working totals down and down and down. I think there will come a time where it's going to be a tipping point and you will see value on the over because books just kind of have to adjust to what's happening. Um, when that happens, I don't know. Wait for one of those weeks in which we have a lot of games indoors because those indoor games definitely, it's a faster, quicker track. Uh, take, I haven't taken a good look at this week's schedule. I know there's not a whole lot of bad weather out there, but I think that's probably where you're, where you're going to see overvalue start to bubble up is when teams are playing indoors and getting out of kind of that cold November, December weather. Uh, but mm -hmm. like anything in sports betting, it, it tends to balance out over the course of the season. So I would expect soon, Joe. Jason Logan, Senior Industry Analyst from Covers.com and host of the Sharp 600 Podcast. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me and good luck. Thank you so much. Good luck to you as well. Y yeah, Joe, it is hard to kind of decipher, okay, when is the time where we're going to get to these overs? Because you know it'll happen eventually. But yes. if we continue to have all these young quarterbacks and all these, you know, third stringers playing, maybe it won't happen. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like tonight, it's like, we'll go over in lightning bets. It's like, no chance am I going to bet an over. I'm not really looking at any overs right now. That I, That's that's where I'm at as far as that goes. It's under. I know. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. We will get to our lightning bets in just a bit. But first, talking about Thursday night football betwixt the Bears and the Panthers. Uh, some of the prop numbers, Joe, have moved, uh, getting a little bit sharper as we get closer to kickoff. Yeah, we figured that was going to happen with Foreman once uh, we're, everybody got word that Herbert not expected to play, even though Herbert was practicing in full earlier this week. So Foreman, a lot of books had it down, but there was one yesterday that had 28 and a half, then they took it down, and it's been reposted around 57, 58 and a half. Foreman 60 got 60. now. 60, yeah, that's that's I going can't. crazy. 
that's going too high. Yeah, it's too high. It's too. What about what about touchdowns? He just had a three touchdown game a few weeks ago. Is that the angle? Thought about that. And all that. Yeah, I'll do that because I'm in a bad mood about his rushing. Anytime touchdown. It's plus money. Yeah, anytime is. It's probably the best value because like you're getting still getting plus money on an anytime touchdown. Like first touchdown, there's not a ton of value. Two touchdowns, you're what at thirteen to one, and even three touchdowns, it's like thirty-five to one. So like honestly, yeah. yeah, I would just go the short plus money, plus one ten. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he's the shortest number on the whole touchdown market board. He is. Yeah. Uh, DJ Moore is minus one fifteen. No, he's not. Uh... He is. Well, I bet really? MGM he is. Yeah. Guys, come on now. Cool. Well, look at that. There's no chance. He's he's plus 190 on, where I'm looking. DJ Moore anytime is plus 190 where I'm yeah. looking. Yeah. If you look around, he's higher up the board. Like, Foreman is the consensus, I would say, shortest odds for it. Okay. There's a there's a plus 225 on DJ. Um, like I said earlier, it's going to be the most popular bet out there. But... Go ahead. Your your value shot. If you want to bet into that right. narrative, fine. Yes. I understand what you're saying. But I, we don't have any evidence of Bajan being on the field and he's targeting DJ Moore as much as he should. He's always right around 50 yards. And it's not like he's leading the way of red zone targets either. So, I... Ooh, there's a plus 120 on Foreman. Well... For a touchdown? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. I I could not pull the trigger on that personally. Uh, I could not. Um, but Foreman? what I will do though, uh, no, I. There, there's still some volatility there. Like I, I, yeah. Not that I don't think that you know we aren't gonna get the the carries, the workload, like you're talking about. But I mean, it almost feels like how many times have we heard this before from the Bears, where there's there's a clear and obvious direction, and then suddenly they pivot for no good reason. Well, yeah. put it this way. Would you rather yeah. get plus 115, plus 120 on Foreman or plus 425 on Roshan Johnson? I almost like Johnson. I'm playing Foreman. Here. Yeah. 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 But I know it. Or I agree what you're saying. Bajant. Yeah. Bajant. That's, that's, that's the winner. That is a lightning bet that I have, Paul. Congratulations. Tyson Bajan, anytime touchdown, plus 275. How about a tush push or something? Why not? I, I think Bajan trying to play a little bit of hero ball. He might stumble into a touchdown there. I think that yeah. is the play that I'm most comfortable with as far as uh, backing in and kind of rushing from the Bears. Uh, on the Panthers' side, how about Miles Sanders over six and a half rushing attempts at even money? You're telling me that the Panthers are just going to throw the ball because they're trailing a lot in a game like this where the conditions may not be pristine enough for such things, and this might be a closer affair? I think Miles Sanders will get the ball a good bit. So over six-and-a-half rushing attempts, even money. I really like that one. We talked a lot about primetime unders. I'm going to embrace that trend one more time. Mm -hmm. Bears-Panthers under 38. And then finally, how about a little college football preview for you? Uh, something that Kelly Ford mentioned uh, earlier in the show. May please make sure to listen to that segment if you have not done so. But Ole Miss plus ten and a half versus Georgia. 
the Bulldogs should not be 10 and a half point favorites to anybody in the top 10, Joe. Okay. Uh, yes, that makes perfect sense to me. I think as we've talked through this terrible uh, Thursday night football game, and you do have to bet it if you plan on watching it, is that we like Bajan on the ground. Like we keep going, going, coming back to that one. Like Ed, you did it via touchdown and rushing yards. That's what I like. Betham Jim is 18 and a half now. I like over 18 and a half rushing yards for Bajan. It's, what, 70 last week on eight rushes. I think, you know, he's going to look at the success he had there, and uh, he won't hesitate to uh, to take off. So, Bajan over 18 and a half rushing yards is a play game. I, I thought about the first half under, which is set at 19 and a half, but I'm going to do the full game under with you. Uh, 38 and a half is still available out there. Those are almost all gone. Uh, some already sitting at 37 and a half. So, um, I expect that number to keep on dropping. So I'm going under 38 and a half for the full game. As far as a touchdown prop, the <laughs> touchdowns are probably going to be hard to come by. But I'm while people are jumping on the DJ Moore angle, I'm going to go a different direction because of the value uh, that you're getting. Mooney has had a red zone target in each Bajan start. And I'm going to say it's going to finally happen. He's five to one. For an anytime touchdown, uh, Darnell Mooney. So a bit of a longer shot there. I'll do that. And then, uh, yeah, I'll throw a college play out there as well. Oregon Ducks going to smash USC. Lay the 15. <clears throat> Love it. I also have a college play, and mostly in part because I do not like tonight's game. So Alabama is going to smash Kentucky minus 10 and a half. They're coming off back to back double digit wins against ranked opponents. I think they'll take care of business against this Kentucky team. I can, I can't even remember the last time I disliked a Thursday night football game this much and cannot come up with at least three plays, but that's where we are right now. I'm going to do the under 19 and a half for the first half it's minus 110 it's only 19 and a half i could find out there but that's gonna be my play i thought about first quarter no touchdown plus 138 but i'll i'll stay away i'll just first half under and i I hope i don't watch the second half (laughs) (laughs) it's up to you (laughs) i hope i don't watch it but By the way, am I the only one whose mom had Thanksgiving decorations? Like, after Halloween, we had, like, little turkey things and brown leaf things that we would hang around the kitchen. No, we did. Yeah, we we did. It's just nowhere as much. Nowhere near as much as Christmas. And we have more much more Halloween. Many more Halloween. I try to get things that could work for Halloween and also linger, like a pumpkin that says blessed on it. Like, that could work for Thanksgiving. And you don't have to like buy double double dip, you know. Yeah, <laughs> what do they call yeah. those things? Gourds, like the pointless like decoration. Yeah, the gourds. Yes. Yeah. Or, the, or the, uh, the to hold things to to showcase okay. all the food yeah. and uh, all the produce you have. All right, I learned something today. Um, <laughs> I will probably will yeah. not learn anything from tonight's game, but we will go with Bajan like an over air conditioner for your body. Yards. Hey, you know what? Great quotes in BetQL Daily History. Bajan over 18 and a half rush yards. Uh, I will go first touchdown. Takes off. 
running down Lakeshore Drive towards the oh, man. lake. First touchdown, 18 to 1. Uh, so I'll play. What is that. no touchdowns? Like what is no touchdowns? That's your specialty. <laughs> yeah, no touchdowns in the game. Carolina game? defense can't. The both defenses aren't good, so I can't really get there with that. Someone's so we're bad. Both offenses are, are not good, so something's got to yeah. give. But yeah, maybe there's probably going to be Go a touchdown. <laughs> there's no. probably going to be a touchdown. Yes, uh, I'll play Texas Tech. Guns up, plus three and a half. Some college plays. Kansas got through the hangover game, but it's like the delayed hangover game. We're all in our 30s and 40s. We know what that's like, except for Jake. So uh, Texas Tech plus three and a half against Kansas. UCF, short home dog against Oklahoma State. UCF can run the ball. Oklahoma State can't stop the run. And, oh, by the way, yeah, they're coming off. They're riding high after the big Oklahoma win, the Bedlam win. So give me UCF as a home dog on a money line. And Ole Miss with you guys. Plus ten and a half, and make sure to check out the better angle on Saturday from four to seven Eastern, because I'll be hosting Why? with Cam Smith. <laughs> Forgot that part. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Just subtleties. Jake, you got something on the Bears? Unfortunately, um, yeah. I'm just going to go easy. Tyson Bajant loves Cole Komet. There's still a plus 240 for Komet anytime touchdown, which seems really wrong. And then I'll go over 35 and a half receiving yards for Komet as well. Safety blanket. Bajant has nowhere else to go. And this game is going to be so bad. And it's probably going to end a tie because that's how much the Bears are going to screw things up. Jake, did you see that? What's that? A tie? What's the tie? number? It's usually eight. I know this because yeah. PJ Glasser loves to bet ties. <laughs> or no, he no, it's Does more that than just that. Mean... I'm thinking of overtime. He loves overtime. Okay. Overtime, that's yeah. Over- okay. That, oh, yeah. That's a glass man stick. Yeah. The comet yeah. the comet move is I like 12, that. 12. I mean, I might even tail that. It's a good look. Puck. And I Public's also love the bet drop. With yeah. the two touchdowns up. last week. Yeah. Fifteen to one for two touchdowns for him, by the way. Did Ooh, look at that. Not Tunyon. He's still around. It would involve two passing I don't even know if that guy's alive. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, uh, Jake, Jimmy Graham see... is now a New Orleans Saint, by the way. The Philadelphia Phillies are the favorite to be Blake Snell's next team. I mean, give me, it's all, just, give me all of that. It's just so funny. <laughs> you can't. I need. I need the Philadelphia sports fan meltdown after his first start. Yeah, he just gets yeah. shelled by the Marlins on like day three of the season. Need it right. so bad. Need it so <laughs> bad. Lost. He would NLCS melt in lost. Philadelphia. Missed the playoffs. Oh, man. oh yeah. Are you kidding me? Guys got the mental fortitude of an egg. Exactly. <laughs> Hoskins is probably gone. Uh, it's over. All over. What a time to Wait, be alive. No. Trading oh, Castellanos. So Thanks for watching. Yeah, but Paul doesn't have fandom famously. For those listening, next True. up is Don't Jim Rome. For those watching on Twitch and YouTube, stay tuned for the Daily Tip. Take care, everybody.